Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurred. That's a um, black nerd. And each week I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Hey there, Corner Kids. Welcome to an all-new episode of Minority Corner. So excited. You're getting double the guests, double the fun, double the info. It is a double whammy. So Sarah Brown, lovely editor, is hopping out from behind the mic to in front of the mic because we have so many things we must discuss. Y'all, something happened to Shakira. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to listen to the episode, but something we got to talk about Shakira and in Latinx History Heritage Month, how did this happen? Uh, also, there is, you know, things going down on Broadway. Sarah is reporting live from New York, or at least she's physically in New York, just involving all things COVID and the Broadway. There is the trilogy of Britney Spears documentaries that both Sarah and I are completely caught up on, and we dive into it. Do you need to watch all three? We have the answers of which ones you may need to watch. It might be all of them. And then Lauren Carter is back taking the reins to talk about society's over-indexing on gender. Yes, we are going to dish all of this and so much more on an all-new episode of Minority Corner happening right now. So it's time to learn, laugh, and play. Oh, it's just like, Sarah knows what's up. No, what's Sarah, up? No. I hear this all the time. So, Sarah, have you heard the show before, Sarah? You Sarah know, once Brown. or twice for a year now. Yeah. So. You dabbled. Uh, Sarah Brown, happy one year Minority Corner anniversary. Thank oh you. my gosh. Thank you. Here you are. Here I am. You're a bedrock. Still here. Still, Still here. here. Still I haven't here. scared you away. You could never scare me away. You're not scary. <laughs> well, we have Sarah Brown uh, coming back from, from behind the scenes to in front of the scenes. To help us kick off this week's episode, we want to get into, I was like, Sarah, there's some things that we need to talk about. Get your mic, girl. Get your mic. Get it. Well, now that it's been gotten, mm-hmm. uh, so it is, because uh, we're going to get into Lauren Carter uh, finishing our conversation mm-hmm. from uh, last week. But before we get there, why don't you just do a little touch continuing the Latinx heritage celebration. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is good news. And maybe this is just me reaching and you're like, okay, James, you're just... <laughs> You're just reaching just because someone happens to be part of the Latinx diaspora and they do something. I'm going to celebrate. You know what? You can always celebrate Shakira, but this is kind of a sad news. So maybe this isn't the best thing to be celebrating during. I'm not celebrating this. I am just there's news about Shakira and I'm like, oh, we should talk about that. Okay, what did Shakira do? Shakira, Shakira. Her hips. No, it's not what she did. It's what happened to her. (gasps) Did you know? BuzzFeed reported Shakira was attacked by wild boars. <laughs> Insert it. You're, you can laugh into the microphone. Let them, let them hear you. <laughs> Why is this so funny? 
Oh, and I love Shakira. I she's it's only Sorry. funny because she's safe. It's, it's only, only funny because she's, she's safe. But <laughs> who gets attacked by wild boars? I know. I know. I know. So Shakira, oh she was attacked. She, I know, she was attacked by wild boars. It happened. Uh, she was with her son in a park in Barcelona. It was in Barcelona. Um, so there's a video that she shared. It's on her Instagram story. And um, in the video, she goes, look at how two wild boars uh, attacked me in the park. And they left my bag. <laughs> look how they left my bag. And then she goes, they were taking my bag into the woods with my mobile phone in it. <laughs> They've destroyed everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So then she then turned to... Yes, you gotta be careful. I've been to Barcelona many a time, and never, I, I didn't, I never was attacked by a wild boar, a wild bear. Get my begin. I've been to uh, Semana de Osos, which is Bear Week. Uh, I was, I got attacked by a few bears. If you catch my drift, <laughs> um, but not boars. Yeah. And then she said she in her video she turns to her son and she goes, Milan, tell the truth, say how your mommy stood up to the wild boar. <laughs> Oh, man. But apparently, though, in Shakira's defense, apparently it's not that random that wild boars are a growing problem across Europe with um, the police getting 1,187 phone calls about boar, bar, about boars in the bars, not in the bars specifically, but uh, boars in Barcelona in 2016. So it's been a growing problem. And Barcelona's City Hall website wrote, part of the population of wild boars in Coyoso... Coseo, I was not prepared to speak Spanish today. It's a double yell, a double yell. Coseo. Co, I don't know if it's funny. This isn't the first time Shakira has been attacked by an animal. So there's something going on with her. I forget what it was. It was like a dolphin or something. So this isn't the first time. Um, our wow. poor Waka Waka starlet. I so, didn't know dolphins could have. Well, I guess I did, but. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, I'll show you some things and documentaries. Ooh, show poor me. dolphins. Ooh. Don't you go dolphin swimming? Leave those dolphins alone. It's a really tragic market. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Sarah, what's going on in the on the Broadway? I hear it's open, but then I heard it's something. Aladdin was open for like a day, and then they're like, "Okay, we got to close." Yeah. Well, the thing is, and what I want all of the corner kids to know is that even if you're fully vaccinated, you should still wear a mask inside, and you can still spread and get COVID. So, oh, basically, yeah. like what and like a lot of like you and I know, like when you're doing theater, like everyone's backstage sweating making out making out like so aladdin got some <laughs> rona luna's cases and now they're closed for all that sweating they're also singing so there's a lot of singing. sweating that's happening yeah. here's the thing that here because i had so psa yeah you know what because I, I had so Folsom street weekend happened recently yeah and i i went to a party that yeah. was you know vaccination <laughs> i went to a, a party called yeah. pervert um and vaccination required and um but like here's the thing we're still living in the realities of the pandemic anderson and mm -hmm. that the delta variant is very strong and and but at the same time anyways i went and then uh apparently like there was then i heard about two or three other people who were like i got covid from i i just got diagnosed with i, I got covid and so they were at that same party and i went through just like 
such this like quote unquote COVID scare. And my whole entire premise of this is we have to, if you are vaccinated, I want to help and we have to kind of change our minds. I'm not saying like go wild and out in the streets, but the whole entire point is that like, if you are vaccinated, like the, I think COVID scares, even that like it shouldn't be as scary. Like, and I'm not saying like do like go out and be wilding out or things like that. I think I just want to help change the stigma mm-hmm. of if you are vaccinated, you do get COVID, you're fine. It's not you're the end of the fine. world. You the got the vaccinated. You're vaccinated. You got vaccinated. There's no there's no shame bell. Mm-mm. Shame bell's only coming for if you were like, I am healthy. I could get vaccinated. And I'm just not doing it. Then I yeah. might bring up, uh, you know, might bring that shame bell out. No. But I think because I, like, I went through such like I started feeling just like, oh, no, like, uh, like I just started like gotten just feeling bad about myself. And it's like I got a very, very, very intense fucking flu at this point for me. I am vaccinated. It's a very intense flu. Mm-hmm. I obviously don't want to pass it along to other people. But as my therapist was saying, you know, we like have to also still it's gonna COVID's gonna be this thing that we're just gonna actually learn to live with yes more than likely it's just gonna kind of be like the modern a flu there'll be vaccines there'll be boosters the medicine's getting stronger and things like that so I had like after that Folsom Street weekend I had like multiple scares I will tell you like every time I'd be like oh I I guess I just was you know tired because I didn't sleep like all weekend and then somebody else would be like my dad was over or my roommate was like my dad was over and he drove down from Oregon he's got COVID and he was in the house and I'm like oh my god I feel sick like it's so fascinating how psychosomatic everything is because I would be feeling fine and then someone would be like oh you were new that person they got COVID I'm like oh my god I, I feel terrible and then I, I and I got three I did I took three COVID tests everything came up negative but even if it had turned positive it would have just been an annoyance and an inconvenience mm-hmm. I would quarantine myself but I just want to help sort of I went through such this like shame on myself because I was like, oh, why did I go to this event? And why did I, you know, my therapist was like, you have been doing so well for the last year and a half. You like I was very depleted. My therapist was like, you're not depressed, you're depleted. And I just was in a very I needed to to live a little bit of life. So that's 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 what i'm saying and i know some of you are listening Mm -hmm. rolling your eyes don't don't shame roll your eyes at me as you listen to this podcast you know you you, i am vaccinated you do you yeah i mean i I think you know especially i think a lot of people are nervous because broadway brings in a billion dollars a year with a b with a b with a big b and like and there's a lot of people out of work yeah and like what a lot i what if you're not from New York or you're, you don't know, like, you know, a lot of businesses run solely on theater audiences. Like a lot Mm. of restaurants like are closed Mm -hmm. until Broadway opens because nobody's going like even. Yeah. No one's going downtown just to go to that, like, you know, spaghetti factory. Exactly. But like, nobody's (laughs) going to like uh, all these big restaurants when you know like aladdin wicked lion king those are the big shows and like when those aren't open like a lot of businesses weren't open and like people were out of jobs and i think like a lot of new york opened too quickly because like we run on tourism we like Mm -hmm. i mean not just on tourism but like Mm -hmm. so much of wall street yeah and like you know and it's a little problematic. So Sarah and I are both, and Sarah is the one that inspired me to complete this trilogy because I was like, oh, I've seen two. And Sarah's like, finish. Yeah, um, 
I don't know if you're aware of this, y'all, because I, I'm sure everybody knows we talked about framing Britney Spears, the Hulu documentary mm-hmm. about Britney um, around the hashtag free Britney movement. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a trilogy of documentaries. There is framing Britney on Hulu. Yep, then there's Britney versus Spears on Netflix. And then New York Times has followed up their framing Britney Spears story because literally they launched framing Britney. And then like it was like maybe a couple weeks later. She did her testimony on June 23rd, my birthday. That was jaw dropping because it was still even in that moment. We talked about in the podcast. It was like maybe like it was like a roar shark test. The whole entire hashtag free Britney. You go on her Instagram. You're like, am I just seeing what I want to see? Is this just a conspiracy? Mm-hmm. But then she dropped her bombshell testimony. It was like, oh, shit. Like everything. These fans were actually mm-hmm. right. This is, this is true. real. Uh, yeah, this actually happened. So then Hulu went back and did controlling Britney Spears. And I'd done the first two and I was like, do I really need another one? And you might be thinking, like, I know the full story. I, I've I seen framing Britney. I don't need to see another one. I think you have to actually really see all three to get the full picture because they all come at it from different angles and provide different puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. I feel like framing Britney kind of puts the whole entire like, what is the hashtag free Britney? What is it? Sort of like what's the conspiracy? What how did this all start? Mm-hmm. Britney versus Spears is like, I think what happened when that documentary launched, like all these people are like, oh, we got to make ours, you know? And there's a lot of fans who framing, framing Britney versus Spears kind of feels like she's got hardcore fans, almost feels like fan created, very like fan driven. Oh, yeah. It's these two, it's, but it's well done. Oh, yeah. it's well with done. The lesbians, they got budget. The lesbians made with the lesbians. It's with the lesbians. <laughs> I'm sorry. They made it. And to the they did start their documentary back in 2019. And it was actually going to be just a, a documentary celebrating Britney oh, Spears. Yeah. But as they started digging, and what's fascinating is one of the journalists who used to work at Rolling Stones, who had covered Britney over the years, who like, and I think Britney is such a because you see a lot of people who come forward and talk about Britney. They love her and she they talk about how like nice and warm and just loving like people are literally in these confessionals like crying um, for their love for her and who've been their costume designer or who, you know, interviewed her a couple of times. What I love about Britney vs. Spears is one of the reporters is revealing about this whole entire time when like Britney was trying. She was like one of the times they pretty much locked her away and she wanted to get a new lawyer. And so they had done this like covert ops sort of like I, uh, you know, deep throat sort of like, OK, you're going to meet her in the bathroom stall. She's going to slip the papers for you to try to sign for a new um, lawyer underneath. It was like this covert ops thing. You're just like, oh, my goddess, this is this is real. So wild. This is wild. And then when you get to controlling Britney Spears, you're back into the safe hands of The New York Times away from just, you know, we love the lesbians with the lesbians with, you know, the, the lesbian journalists with the camera who are just like, I'm making a documentary and Netflix bought it. This is, you know, a little bit more. This one is, is it takes in another sort of the further reporting of even more of like this one dives into just how controlled she was. Um, and again, this is post her testimony because mm-hmm. they didn't have. And so they're kind of revisiting it. And I just didn't realize that the effect that she was like in a in a in a prison. They had tracked and monitored. She couldn't have a. She was like a kid. She couldn't have a phone. And then they tracked and monitored what was on her iPhone by linking an iPad. And they were tracking her like conversation, where they would take her phone away or threaten that like you know if you don't get out on the stage and perform with a hundred and two degree fever, uh, we're gonna take your kids away. Like just 
and that's all Britney wants is to just be a mom and have mm-hmm. kids. That's like all she really wants, and to dance. Oh yeah, of course, and to dance. Instagram. But like, it's very heartbreaking because I remember in 2007 when she went through that whole thing and it was announced that Mm -hmm. her dad was going to be her conservator. I didn't know what that meant. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was. And the way it was portrayed by the media was like, oh, this is a good thing. Britney's going to be okay. Like, you know. Well, not her, the media, her management Mm -hmm. will put that. Her management. management. And, And over the years, they always said, oh, Britney wants this. Yeah. That was the message that we were all fed. I'm a part of the Britney Army, reporting for duty, always serving, always have been. Always here. Since several tours of duty, always here. Um, and I was the, I bought into it. I was like, okay, if that's what she wanted. And it did seem like her life had gotten better and on track. So it seemed like, oh, okay, it's working. But you have all these people who are making so much money off of her. Every time someone would try to sue or something, she had to pay for their lawyers, mm-hmm. right? Like she was paying for everybody's lawyers. Um as much money as she brings in when you look at her net worth it's not as large as it should be compared to like other folks like even like when you look at JLo's net worth or because she's not retaining any of that money like her dad would get like uh five percent of any of her deals that she would make plus sixteen thousand dollars a month which oh my gosh plus TriStar then you what I love is they really dig deep into this uh controlling Britney Spears one about Lou Taylor who Oh, Felicia is ter- terrified about it. Can we talk about Felicia for always, a moment? Always, always. I, like, I, it's a, I've watched Felicia over mm-hmm. the years. Felicia, if you are a Britney stan, you, you know who Felicia is. She's like Britney's assistant who's always, you know, big Southern accent. Mm-hmm. Always, she's made an appearance in all three of the Britney documentaries. Oh, yes. All three mm-hmm. of them. Because she's, but in this, the last one, Controlling Britney Spears, she felt more free to talk because Britney had broken up her si- broken her silence. And it seems like they had brought Felicia back in after the uh, mental breakdown, brought Felicia back in just to make it appear that it was just business as usual. Oh, yeah, of course. Little did we know. Because it, it legitimized it. It was like, well, okay, if Felicia's there, then it can't be too, you know, they can't be doing too much craziness. But they had separated Britney and Felicia, so she was really just there, like, on name only. Oh, yeah, and it's... It's just goes to show like, you know, you're surrounding yourself with the right people is so important, especially when you go through things Mm. like this. Like, I think that obviously like the media played a huge part in like her breakdown, Mm -hmm. 100%. Like all those cameras click clacking around on her and she just like all the time and she just she just been heart had her heart broken and i think like several times in the and i can imagine that every time i've had my heart broken like in the face of the media having to like go through this and also being in your 20s like we all did some more shit in our 20s we luckily didn't have the paparazzi following yeah and like you know she wasn't and on top of that she wasn't surrounded by people who were trying to help her she was surrounded by people who just saw her as a cash cow and i think like mm-hmm. you know we all kind of bought into the thing that she was okay that this was what she wanted yeah. this was the right thing and like hearing her talk and i just like i think about all the celebrities right who like uh like Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian or Katy Perry or like all these other celebrities who could have done like Ariana Grande who could have done something who could have at least mm-hmm. like I mean I don't know if they're like friends with her or whatever but like 
you know what I mean? Like all mm. these celebrities who like, well, they couldn't, they weren't allowed into the conservator. Like that conservative Iggy Azalea. I mean, sorry to bring her oh. up, but she, <laughs> she even said like, I mean, it was so structured. I remember now reading a lot of interviews when you hear people and they're like, Oh, how was it like working with Britney on the set of Glee? And maybe like, Oh, she was very kind of separated. Like they, like you couldn't get contact with yeah. her. And they even said like in the last controlling Britney Spears documentary, they said to everybody, they were like, be careful getting close to her. Cause people have a funny way of disappearing. And that's what, would, that's what would end up happening is people would end up just, you know, getting disappeared. Not like in a way that like they're dead somewhere, but that like, they just wouldn't be, you would be fired or let go. Right. There was like the, MTV documentary uh, folks from 2008. There's that one guy. He was in the Britney B. Spears documentary, and he was saying how, you know, she was really opening up to him. They were starting to get really close, and then he was, I uh, wasn't allowed to, like, you know, be near her or see her anymore. Also, they treat her like a horse. They would, like, all she wants to do is, like, drive her car and be, like, a human being. So they would take her out into, like, the countryside and be like here's your car you can drive for 30 minutes and then she'd just be like a horse like taking a horse out to run and then like making her perform on her birthday she would get no buy-in like you had this tristar which is uh, a management service which has religious connections mm -hmm. highly religious um they were being these spokespersons for her and just really dictating so much and everyone's just making so much money off of her like you said she was the cash cow and all she wanted to do was see her kids yeah. and dance. Like that that's, that's it. it. And they And like And she has all this practice and and to so many people to be making to be that functioning and making that much money for everybody and to not even be able to go buy a pair of sketchers that she wanted. They're like, You're not gonna have sketchers today or like she was in such like prison. So and and at that level, it's like there should not she shouldn't have been in conservatorship. We need to relook at these laws here in California. Um, and I think it's so heartbreaking because I was thinking about this. Like Britney Spears captured my heart at the age of thirteen. And when you hear that testimony and you hear these stories, and I keep thinking, I'm like, it almost feels voyeuristic. I keep going. I've watched all three of these documentaries. I hope not a single another one comes out because if it does, I will watch it. One hundred. And it, I feel like in some. I feel like in some ways, am I doing the antithesis of what Chris Crocker asked us to do well over a decade ago was to leave Britney alone. And, and am I, am I feeding into the machine of like, but it's good. And it's, it's good information. Like I feel like everything I've watched of the documentaries wasn't necessarily sensationalized. It was just like, here's what we know. And here's what's actually really been happening. And it's probably even happening to other people who are not rich white ladies. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that well. she now with all this new stuff and uh, Jamie Spears being gone from the conservatorship and her being like a little more in charge and a little more free. Mm. I hope that like, I just want her to be happy and to live the life that she sure. deserves and like, and that she wants to, she and wants like, if to. it doesn't, if it doesn't meet our approval, whatever, it's her exactly. life. Listen, is she like a few days later after Jamie's no longer her, con her conservator, is she posting naked photos of herself on Instagram with little flowers over her nipples? Sure. Amazing. But you know what? That's her right. That's her, That's right. her right. Again, no one's been like Kanye's wilding out or Charlie Sheen's and wilding out. No one's been like, gotta get them in conservatorship. Like there is something about this particular white woman that folks felt like oh, we can, we can control oh, this. Charlie and, Sheen uh, should have definitely been in a conservatorship. One 
But it's his life to fuck up the way that he exactly. wants, right? Like, it's, if we, if Britney wants to fuck up her life, then then exactly. that's her right I to be able to go and I do said. it. They should be like, it's we all have the right to fuck up her own exactly. lives, exactly, and and just our own lives, not other people's lives. Like that's when it when you start fucking up other people's lives, exactly. the your fuckery, then you and need that's kind of what Charlie correct. Sheen did. But anyways, enough about him. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, he, like she, I just want her to be able to live the life that she wants and to be a mom and like yeah i'm it's just so i'm glad that justice has kind of been served i'm just sad it went on for this long and it's sad that like yeah we all were just like what's going on what's happening and now like you know but uh, i think this is go off to go off to the fans because finally Everybody's got all kinds of cons- conspiracy theories. It was the first time I feel like in my life I've witnessed a conspiracy theory be true. Because oftentimes it's rare that you get that like, oh, that thing was actually everything exactly. that people were speculating was happening. And like we're th- reading in the tea leaves on the internet for. Um, and you like hear her schedule for the circus. I remember the entire time she was doing circus and I was like, oh, she's back. And uh, the, the schedule is just insane. And she was literally just 5150 like a couple months before. And then they're saying like, oh, she's going to be in this conservatorship. Like, but she's doing all this work. She's doing all this p- performing. So yeah, exactly. We need better mental health care in this country. That is the biggest ticket and the biggest point. That is mm-hmm. it, Sarah. Sarah exactly. with the last word. 100%. So right. There you go. Well, amazing. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick little break. When we get back, Lauren Carter is going to rejoin, and we're going to dive into the over-indexing Soylent, get your Soylent here. Oh, we're going to talk about Soylent. Yes, we've been talking about it for a while. Y'all, they've got tons of different products. Oh, they've got so many different ones. And the one that I have found very helpful is that complete energy. Sometimes I have, you know, I was enjoying myself at the Folsom Street Fair, and the next day I was like, woof, I can't eat real food and I but I want some energy and I found the Soylent Complete Energy was just the the right thing right thing for me it's filled with a lot of great wonderful delicious proteins and nutrients uh, 15 grams of plant proteins and 39 essential nutrients B vitamins there's some caffeine it's just a great way to get through your day to get it keeping keeping yourself get that kick in your kick in your step without any of those sugar highs or those lows. Also enjoyed the Soylent Square. The little, small, little, 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 small, little squares, hence their name. They're pretty tasty. They've got uh, chocolate flavor was the one that I was getting into. And 100 calories, that'll complete your nutrition. That's all you need for that one little snack in the middle of the day. Help you get your extra kick in your step. I really appreciate Soylent for those times when I just am like, uh, I don't feel like cooking or I don't want to eat a full meal right here in the moment, but I know I want some nutrition. In fact, the other day I was going out and I was like, I need something I haven't eaten and I'm going to go have a, a cocktail, if you will. And uh, Soylent, it was right there, right there for me. 
I'm a huge fan, as I said, of the, the rich and creamy chocolatey goodness. It's the one of their best-selling ones, and it's one that I was a big fan of as well. If you want to give Soylent a try, go to Soylent.com minority and use code minority to get 20% off your first order. Once again, that's Soylent.com minority and the code minority for 20% off your first order. Excuse me, everybody. I just uh, wanted to say a few words about the beautiful couple. I've known you two for a long time, and you get along like peanut butter and chocolate. Or, you know, like like uh, comedy and culture, like uh, Maximum Fun Podcast. <laughs> Actually, they're having a block party from October 11th to October 22nd, and that's kind of like your party, right? You have a community of friends and family, and Max Fun has a community of shows and audiences that support them. You're having a new start with your life together, and Max Fun will be putting out new episodes that are especially welcoming to new audiences. So it's a great time to introduce your friends to your favorite show or jump into one you haven't tried Is before. Is still talking about podcasts? And they're setting up a volunteer event where we can help out our local communities. Plus, Maximum Fun is gonna have games, prizes, episode wrecks, so much other fun stuff. What's wrong with Kyle? Is he okay? Oh! <laughs> anyways, anyways, sorry for getting carried away there. If it's all right with everybody here, let's all raise our glasses for a toast to the Max Fun Block <sighs> Party, which you can learn more about at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party, and don't forget to join in on October 11th. Actually, that... That sounds pretty cool. At Liberty, the weekly podcast from the ACLU, that's the American Civil Liberties Union, in case you didn't know, but y'all knew what the ACLU was because that's the kind of folks y'all are, explores the biggest civil rights and civil liberties issues of the day. As part of the ACLU Systemic Equality Program, many recent conversations have focused on how we address America's legacy of racism and systemic discrimination. As part of the ACLU's Systemic Equality Program, many recent conversations focus on how we address America's legacy of racism and systemic discrimination. Recent episodes have included conversations with Kimberly Crenshaw on the true meaning of critical race theory, because you know they're trying to get it twisted, Nicole Hannah-Jones on how slavery still manifests in every aspect of American life, W. Camel Bell on race, comedy, parenting, activism, and more. So they got some really amazing guests. So I know I want to check this out. You should as well. So check out other recent conversations as well about defending our voting rights, fighting abusive policy. So check out other recent conversations about defending our voting rights, fighting abusive policing, safeguarding free speech, and so much more. Y'all head on over and subscribe to At Liberty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We're talking about society's over-indexing on children. And since we are peeling back the layers of my... Uh, transition from high school to college. Yeah. Um, the reason that this has actually been on the forefront of my mind is because I was shopping for sweatpants, collegiate sweatpants, at my uh, um, alma mater, my college alma mater. And like a normal human being, well, maybe not. I In my world, 
I click on the women's clothes and then I go to sweatpants because that's what I want. Except all the sweatpants were like those super tight pants. <laughs> like they were basically tights. And I was like, that's cute, but that's not leggings. what I want. <laughs> right. They're basically leggings. That's exactly what they are. Wow. So I went to the. you want just the big comfy ones. Right. I want the around. ones where you're like, no, I need space for the wine and the ice cream. hundred <laughs> percent. Take it back to 1995. <laughs> Alia. Like, right. You know, baggy exactly. Sweatpants. Exactly. That's what I was looking for. The at home comfort ones. Not the I got to go to the bodega ones. <laughs> Um, That's a different one. Those are the different ones. Got to look cute. Got to go to the bodega. Um, so I go to the men's section. The men's section, voila. There you go. So, you know, I'm like, that's interesting. Why do sweatpants mm-hmm. require gender? That's true. Is it? I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying I to think of like maybe it's like the crotch, but I don't know. We both use but, space. But, could, but couldn't men wear leggings? Like there are plenty of men who wear like to me. And I say that as a gay man. I just it's too much. It'll be too tight. I'll see the package. But some people want that. <laughs> some people want that. You it depends what party I'm going to. I will say Folsom weekend. Uh, maybe that's an appropriate thing to wear. Right. But not when I'm going to the bodega. Right. OK, that's fair. That's but fair. I do live in the Castro, so maybe it would be appropriate every every person has their their <laughs> also what if you're just a small person right yeah. i think about this like jeans are a great example like why do we have men's and women's jeans shouldn't they just all be like mm. by waist size and like by style no because this way more. we can uh charge women more for their clothing yes right <laughs> how pink will we tags. how will we make more pink, money off pink of tags. yes how will we make more money off of women we earn we less so therefore we must spend more on <laughs> oh, everything God, it's really bad keep going lauren Get yes it to us. Get so it to yes us. so then i was see, so i'm here in this <laughs> I'm here in the space trying to buy sweatpants, which I never actually purchased. Um, so <laughs> adding it to my to-do just list. wrote some notes for this corner. I did, basically. <laughs> um, and then I was like, I was like, well, they have a section in the men's section for hats. I was like, well, why do they have men's hats and women's hats? I'm like, hats are just hats. <laughs> right? Like, I, I, don't under- I don't understand mm. how we got here. And I think it's, it's like really important um, to talk about because we're starting to see this over indexing on gender, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about gender reveal parties, uh. right? Um, living in the state of California last year, one of the biggest fires in California was started by a gender reveal party. Yeah. They cause a number of injuries to people because people don't just buy pink cupcakes or blue cupcakes or put, put go all out. Right. Right. Like I saw uh, a NASCAR family nope. showed up. They, they had, you know, they drive away with the car and all the smoke is coming out the back. And I'm like, I don't even want to know what it takes to do that or where you live. I hope it's not near me. And then Uh. the woman who came up with the gender acts, the first woman to do gender reveal, she's to come out and said, I'm so sorry. Her child, uh, she has her, her child is trans. I did not know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, that's right. We did talk about this. Yeah. Her child is trans. And she's like, this was a big mistake. Please stop doing these. These are damaging. Like they're not like because it's beyond. I think her gender reveal party was like cupcakes or something. Yeah. She just she she went to the bakery and she gave the baker the gender of the child and they just bake the cup ice the cupcakes accordingly, Mm. um, which I feel like is pretty harmless. Um, I, I just just. To me, but it's, it's definitely harmful for the child, like who we don't know what their you know gender is going to be, their their gender identity. You know, like right, right. we don't know. It is also harmful for us as people, right? Mm. Um, I I think to put so much focus on it. It is, and 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 as we start to so interesting. This is not in my nose, but actually just 
thinking about an Instagram post. A woman posted, actually, I think it's technically TikTok. I don't have a TikTok, but it was posted to Instagram. So that's what they get you. I know, I know. Um, so on TikTok, this woman talked this is about. This the first time I've ever heard you fr- use the phrase TikTok, by the way. I know, I'm not cool enough for that. Yeah, um, like, wow. You'll be on that Twitter. I know, you know me. <laughs> you are stay the on the Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I stay on the Twitter. Let me tell you if you don't know about Josh Ugundu, you need to know. All right. You need to know about Josh Ugundu. Um, he, so she's talking about her, her daughter, but she dresses her daughter in all sorts of clothes. Sometimes it's lying. It's covered in Lion King. Sometimes she puts her daughter in a dress, whatever. It's a kid. Mm. You know, she has a kid. She puts them in, she puts her kid in kid clothing, but people talk to her kid differently when they know she's a girl. They talk about how pretty she is and how cute she looks. And when she's a boy, she gets a lot of, you're so fast and you're so strong. Whoa. I mean, you can see the kid in the back seat. The kid is still in the, the same freaking, in the freaking car seat. <laughs> the kid is like, I don't know, not even two. The kid's so young. And those are the messages we're sending to our children. Yes. Those messages are so impactful. And, and like, this is why it makes me so upset as a woman in STEM. But by age six, girls already think that they're worse at math than boys are. No. Age six. No. All they know how to do is add and subtract. (laughs) They haven't even gotten to the hard stuff. It's just the ones and the twos at that point. Right. Okay, how many? We got two, two, four. Right, you got four beans in this pile and six beans in that pile. I see three apples. Let me get another one. Four. Right. (laughs) And that is very impactful. So the messages that we're sending our children... And too, even the messages that we're sending ourselves, because then we reinforce that before the kids are even here. Because I think about like gender reveal parties. How do you? Because I was asked uh, when I was doing virtual uh, Zoom events for my family by a family member to do a gender reveal video, and I was like, "You're asking the queer person in the family to do a gender." Okay, and I took everybody for a magical ride set to this theme of Space Odyssey. It was, it was like fantastic. dun 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 dun. I was there so was suspenseful. all kinds of like different colors. Like you had no idea. People were so confused. They didn't know what the gender was because I was like, "What is this?" And different colors were being used. They thought it was a you know. And I essentially was like, "It's a baby. It's a baby. It's a baby." It'll be a boy, but it'll be loved no matter what. But I was using pink and blue and and green. It was an adventure. All kinds of different colors because it was just like this whole, just kind of mocking the whole entire idea and concept. But it's so interesting. I don't know if you know this, but um, right now in society, we use the colors blue for like society typically uses blue for boys and pink for girls. But that has to be the opposite because it was red for boys. And I think. I, I think, think still pink, blue. I think pink was used for boys at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was red. It was started with red, and I think it became derivative to pink. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I think blue was a derivative of purple, but yeah. it might have just been blue. Blue. I mean, colors aren't gender driven, right? They're we've just colors. Created it in the same way that we've created race. It's just skin tone. It's a construct yeah. that we have put ourselves in, um, and it dictates so much of our lives. I mean. Gr- we're having this conversation right now, right? Texas. Uh, this isn't even, I mean, again, another thing that's not in my notes, but Texas banning women mm. on the choice of their bodies. Mm-hmm. Women are traveling thousands of, they're coming from Texas to California mm-hmm. to have an abortion. Yeah. I mean, I was so grateful that we real we rejected a recall on governor. Newsom. Oh my God. Whether, you, million, like, whether you like him or not, $300 million dollars later. <sighs> 
so much what a waste so many time. more places that money could have been used i mean the people were like we're there's too many homeless people or unhoused people well we could have put that money to like some good use right there everybody. and you keep rejecting all of the laws to build and more housing dang. well i think this is super interesting kind of off track but they just passed a new law last week i think it's sb8 that now um that now allows more to replace single family housing with low um low income low rise family oh, low, low low rise low rise housing oh. in more areas in California wow. which i'm super excited for yeah. cuz like i especially in a place like San Francisco yeah, Sacramento more. uh more. we need more of that yeah um so yeah i, I think it's it's it, just women being able to own their bodies and starting to own them everybody being able to own their body right everybody should be able to own the changes to their body mm-hmm. regardless of your gender mm-hmm. um so it's it's i think um our indexing on society and how that impacts us is, is, is it's been pretty hard. And as a woman in STEM that continues to reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. I am always just so in awe of you, Lauren Carter, because you were oh man, first and last name, whole government <laughs> name. <laughs> Help like, Sarah. You were like, what's going on? <laughs> what are we about to do? I just, I just feel like, you were so you're like an Ava, Ava DuVernay like you're such one of the only I met oftentimes you're the only in many spaces that you go in you're literally <laughs> you have like a hammer you're like you have a hammer in your hand all the time because you know why you cracking glass ceilings <laughs> everywhere you go <laughs> I don't I don't know as a black woman if that's the image that I would choose oh, that's true. she's vandalizing things <laughs> yeah I don't know that I would go how about that this? route how about this you kicking doors down I you kicking doors I down <laughs> I'm here and you know what you bring in your own folding chair up to that table and having a seat. That's what you do. I you're am. Doing. I am. And that's it is covered that's in sparkles. That's what Mrs. <laughs> Lee Tyson said. She was mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, there's not a seat at the table. You bring a folding chair. That's it. That's it. You build your own table. I'm going to be right over here. What we doing over here? Yeah. I'm going to see you. So I just am always in awe of you. And I can't even imagine just the mental journey that you have to do on a daily basis to show up and and do this so so interesting story i actually just told the story the other day so it's my first last weekend was my first weekend back at run group Mm -hmm. i I run with a group here i'm I'm part of a triathlon group and a run group and it was my just think about that counselor (laughs) (laughs) um my first my first run back at run group and i had the app usually i'm like in a faster pace group but i was like you know what i'm really not in great shape today i can't run that pace Pretty much everybody that I'm normally run with was like, no, we're hanging back today. So it's fine. Um, but I got to run with four women today because normally I'm in a pace group with a, a group of men, which is fine. Um, but it was really an interesting experience to run with four women again. Not that I haven't done that in the past, but in San Francisco, it just hasn't really happened. Um, but there was one day back in 2019 really challenging time for me, um, especially at work. Mm. Um, but I remember running with this group of gentlemen and they're not bad people, but like as a woman, it can be hard to like find your acceptance in the space. I spend Monday through Friday, eight to five, Mm. trying to find my Mm. space amongst a group of men. Mm -hmm. Then to come into the hobby and then find Mm. my space again in a group of men adds an extra layer on something that's supposed to be enjoyable. And I just remember like stopping and breaking down in tears and being like, I, we like, 
I think I had by that point I had left the group I was on my own I had been far enough along in the run um, because sometimes I run there and back so I'm not always with the group but I just remember breaking down in tears and just being like I can't do this because I've had enough man ism for the week like yeah. I just need like time with women yeah it's a very different vibe yeah 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 it's it's, it's very interesting um and i think this over indexing on gender and what we're doing to our children mm. even before they're born yes um is going to have that lasting impact we talked about this we, i think we touched on this earlier about um, when we were talking about victims of assault mm -hmm. um, and how there need to be men groups to to deal with yep. their feelings. Um, and I think that that is part of this conversation of over indexing on gender yeah. um, is that we need to make a space for men to like get comfortable with being uncomfortable with mm -hmm. their feelings. Mm -hmm. Women are uncomfortable all the time. Like uh, it was interesting when we tried to purchase when we were purchasing our car. One of the things my partner didn't realize is that I want the approach lights. And he was like, well, why would you want that? And I'm like, well, what if I'm in a dark? Actually, when I leave here, it will be dark mm -hmm. and I will be approaching the car by myself. Right. Which is fine. But like, well, I can walk you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I say that but I do. I do. will make the joke of I would hate for some gay man to kidnap you and like give you a makeover or something <laughs> like. Oh. Man, no. I don't know what that would look like. <laughs> I just like everything. That I've had many, uh, you know, uh, a female friend come over. And she's like, you know, can oh, it was like my sister came over. She's like, and she doesn't live in San Francisco at all, and she didn't realize where I, I where she was. Uh, and she's like, can you walk me to your car? I'm like, yeah, I just hate for like, yeah, like living in the Castro. But again, I understand that experience is like as much as I can. Being a woman, it's just a thing that you have to think about of like all the time. Um, all the time. Yeah. Always, constantly. Um, so, yeah, I think this over-indexing on gender. Um, and now, you know. Well, I just want to, like, the thing that you're saying about the men's group, it made me think of, and Tara Brock, my Buddhist practitioner podcast woman that I listen to all the time, she was saying this in terms of, like, for, it reminds me of, like, for, like, white folks of, um, why it's important for them to also have spaces to just unpack and like specific spaces. Right. I don't mean places where you're like white. Power, Not at the water fountain. <laughs> Yes. Not at the water fountain. Not that. It's a spaces where you can be in a safe space to unpack your own. Because what ends up happening is, is what is, is sometimes people feel triggered. They're like they, they're, their guilt and their shame will pop up. And so then there's no conversation that can be had where they're like, I feel attacked and, you know, I'm not a sexist or I'm not a racist. And then the conversation doesn't end as opposed to sometimes what's happening is they're being so confronted with their own guilt and shame over their privilege or their experience, or they hate seeing some of these things happen. Um, and then it just, it comes out in such an, a nasty way, even for some men, like I would like, I don't know what it's like to be a straight white man, but I'm sure they probably have like a lot of like, Society tells you, like, everything is for you. Just be big and strong and successful and make lots of money and drive cool cars. And that doesn't happen for all of them. So I'd imagine when they're not that, there's just uh, probably this turmoil that's happening. They're not going to therapy. They don't have groups. They don't know how to just cry. So they attack the Capitol building? So they attack the Capitol building or the or other people or other yeah. human beings or, or women. And it, they take it out in the wrong spaces. And it's like you are responsible for your own emotions and feelings in dealing with them. It is never appropriate to take it out on anybody else. And we don't teach that enough in school. Mm -hmm. um, I, there is one teacher that I follow. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. He's great. Um, he just had a son, Chase. He's in Chicago. 
um, he, actually, if if you followed the story of the teacher who would not go into this, this teacher, there was a story written about him, about how he would not go into the school to teach his kids during the pandemic after they brought them back in Chicago, literally sat out in the snow outside of the school teaching his oh kids. Oh my God. Yeah, he's really good about accountability with his children, but he teaches his kids to deal with their feelings mm. um, and tells them, um, you know, what you did was offend offensive and I need you to understand why it was offensive. And by not chastising them not or shaming punning, them, shaming them. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah and Cause it, as Brene Brown always says that guilt is, I did a bad thing and shame is I am a bad thing. Yes. And that, I think that's what he's trying to differentiate from yeah. them is that is oops. Ouch. Oh, yes. I made a mistake. Let me right, correct it. Right. You did damage to the fence, and let me explain to you why that's offensive to people. Mm, okay, I see that you did with the fence. Actually, that's actually—I think that's actually a true story. Oh, uh, listen, I'd be hanging out on the Twitter. <laughs> you guys can tweet me. Um, can't guarantee that. I, maybe I'll reply. Maybe I won't. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but you can tweet me. <laughs> um, so yeah. So as we start to talk about gender in society, I think one of the things that's starting to come up, bring us full circle is that there's this new trend that men's heels are now a trend. Again, coming back to this, why do we need to have this separation? Like, why? I think the other thing that makes me this reason that I come back to the clothing is because a lot of, you know, I'm very privileged in that, like, I could almost walk into a store and take, like, challenge the salesperson to be like, look, I know that on the mannequin is my size. Please just give it to me. That is a privilege (laughs) that I have. Yeah. Um. I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I shop online now. <laughs> so I can just order five of everything and send back what I don't want. Um, Smart. So much easier. I did that today. Um, <laughs> and, but I think what, what happens to a lot of black women, clothes aren't built for us. Mm. They are built for the Gabbies and the Sarahs of the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I happen to have the same or similar shapes to those folks. So I get lucky, but what happens to most black women who don't fit that? Mm -hmm. A lot of black women do shop in men's departments because the clothes fit better. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think that styles and sizing just like, and gender need to be thrown out the window. I've seen men who shop in, honestly, I shopped in the kids department until I was 25. I was, I was literally about to say, and this is why I shop in the kids department because the clothes fit me better. I'm a gay small. I mean, and both. <laughs> Which is a, ch- a large child. I'm a large child. When so. I was supporting the NFL, I used to buy, I used to buy the children's jerseys extra large and they fit big. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is, it's, it's, I don't see the need to separate. I mean, I can understand wanting to separate adult clothes from children's clothing. I can see no. that a little bit better. Yeah. No, I, I, by the way, stopped going to the kids section because I felt like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm with you on your journey. <laughs> I'm with you on your journey. I was like, oh, this is weird. It's like one time when me and my ex-boyfriend got really high and we we're just hang, oh, no. hang out in a park because the park was really beautiful. And I was like, oh, this is weird. We're going to go. Like, <laughs> we're just at a playground. It was a playground. Oh, no, I'm no. Sorry. If you're not using it the swings, a- you need to leave. <laughs> No, but we're just really stoned about to go watch that Daft Punk movie. What was it? The uh, Tron. The Tron movie. We got really stoned, and then we were hanging out at a playground. We didn't have any kids, and we're like, okay, we should go. can't do that. No, no. (laughs) That's actually illegal in New York City. Oh, as it it should be. Agreed. Agreed. So 
So I'm glad you got out of that situation in one piece. <laughs> a friend of mine uh, from a group, well, she has kids, and she was like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? I was like, just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> no kids. Ah, I left. <laughs> You're like, here's my sign. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think I think there needs to be this look at I mean, even toys and we talk about the pink tax, right? Yeah. Um people who menstruate, right? Mm-hmm. Um get taxed on, on their products. Girls toys. I <laughs> I remember buying my best friend's niece some blocks. I went to go buy them. The pink and blue blocks, the the pale pasty ones, uh pale pasty ones. Sorry, Sarah. Um, the uh, pastel colored blocks. They they actually cost three dollars more wow. than the regular primary blocks, and I was like, I could spend these three dollars, but also then I would be supporting gender, the genderization, if you will, yeah. of, of something that really requires no genderization at all. No, they're not blocks. blocks. Like no, she's two. Not. Like, th- why does it matter if they're blue or green versus? So silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's um. The pink tax, and then I think just that rolls up as we start to move on in society. Because then what happens is that now women, um, you know, they're not getting into STEM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, women started in STEM. We're the original, we're the original quote unquote computers. I was gonna hey, say, hey, yeah. black lady, I, I keep that hidden figures book boop, front boop, and boop, center boop. in my yes, house. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> Catherine Johnson, actually. The that uh, story takes place where my grandmother is from. Oh, yeah! I actually called my mom up after reading the book and was like, "Hey, mom, tell me about Nana. Tell me, you know, well, I didn't even know her. Tell me about Nana. I yeah. remembered Nana, but um, tell me about when Nana came up to New York." And yeah. she was like, "No, that they didn't cross paths. Good try, okay. though." You're like, "So, Catherine uh, Johnson." And I'm like, "Were they friends?" And she's like, "No, good try." Because like, uh, you would love to have that. My fun fact is, like, <laughs> my my grandma was friends with Catherine Johnson. <laughs> oh, you know, I'd bring that up every time. So many Nana was friends with Catherine Johnson. Actually, helped her solve one of the equations. Probably, <laughs> probably bring that up more than being nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> Because yeah. I always yeah. forget about that one. As you should never. And you're always <laughs> like, oh, what's my fun fact? I'm like, you were nominated for an Emmy. I don't you and Matt. You and Matt both else. are always like, you were nominated for an Emmy. That's a thing you should say. Oh, yeah. That thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm with you. Stop with the gender. Yeah. So that we can have a society where people feel comfortable being themselves. Oh, yes. Whether, yeah. whether you're black, tall, short, white, Latino, doesn't matter. It really is. A barrier I think to inclusion mm. this indexing on gender and you know what it's hurting everybody even those who are oppressing things because I say it takes more work to be an upholder of oppression it's exhausting you don't it's like Atlas holding up the world your shoulders and I wonder heavy. this is such Let a go. we're gonna bring a little full circle here and a little capitalism but I wonder how much I wonder how much companies bottom lines would save if they produced one set of genes instead of genes for men and genes for women right mm-hmm. and just said these are genes for people with wider hips these are genes for people with narrower hips yeah because that i mean that comes at a cost to them and how do they make money there i mean my genes are so tight they 
pretty much our lady jeans. So <laughs> I'm picturing, I'm like, what would that look like? And I'm like, oh, it's the same jeans. Exactly. Great. They're the okay, same. Yeah. Cool. They're just a different size. Although some of those like high waisted things, I can't get down with that. So but that's okay. I'll, that's not for you. You oh, know, you don't have to. I can buy something different. different. Exactly. Okay, you know, right. just making sure you're not trying to get me in a high waisted mom jeans. Girl, I'm not in there yet. <laughs> I'm still in the low rise jeans and I'm like, am I too old to be doing this? No. Uh, we grew up watching MTV. Britney did it. We can do it, too. I know. Go, Britney. Well, <laughs> we're not quite at that hashtag yet, but it's coming. Go, Brit. Hashtag go, Britney. We're reclaiming it. Actually, we're rooting for her. We're doing it. We are rooting for her. Rooting and everybody her. black. And for <laughs> We're rooting for Britney Spears and everybody black here on Minority Corner. Lauren, so great to have you on the show as usual. Love being here. Awesome. Come back. And uh, all right, that's the show. Well, that was the show. Woo, that was super fun. Love having both Sarah and Lauren here on the show. What do you think? You know, you can always hit us up on the social medias and check out the YouTube channel as well. It's right, Minority Corners on the YouTube. See our faces. Our voices are not enough. You gotta see our faces. Sarah is heading up our YouTube channel, putting all kinds of amazing content, full, some corners, some things you haven't seen before. So definitely check that out. And that's gonna do it for us. All right, well, this was a fun one. We've got Maximum Fun Block Party coming up, I believe, starting next week. So this is Trey. Exciting. Some really great stuff. Some cross-collaboration celebrating all things Max Fun. We don't need just a Maximum Fun Drive to celebrate and get together. We can have a block party in October. So that'll be fun coming at you like Cleopatra. A big thanks to our editor slash producer, Sarah Brown, and to our production coordinator, Lori Fowler. And thank you to our Maximum Fun members and all of you who are listeners. Thank you for listening to Minority Corner because together we're the majority. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.